What's up, everybody? Welcome to another special episode of Yala. <laughs> a weekly podcast where Terence and myself from Ministry of Funny just talk about the, the current affairs that's plaguing Singapore and the world. Usually, we, we come together to talk about it, right? Yeah. But, but, but it's special today yeah, because we are in totally different locations because uh, we are both in self-quarantine. No, we're not. So, we're, we're practicing social distance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. Correct, yeah. But even social distancing, self-quarantine, I mean, they're kind of the same thing. La. No, social distancing right. uh, is a bit different. Social distancing is like even when you're outside walking around, you still maintain a distance from people. I yeah, see. Ha- haven't you seen the pictures of the like in like seminars and even the press room where they're doing all the press releases for for the coronavirus? All the reporters are seated like one meter apart from each other. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh no the wonder ministers, because... Yeah, the ministers also sit, sit further apart from each other. Oh, okay, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So so I guess social distancing is more you're taking pre proactive measures and self quarantine is like if you are if you, you have been potentially travel. exposed to something. La. Yeah, correct. And then you stay at home. You don't go out so, at all. So la. in yeah. this case, in this case, I'm self-quarantining b- yeah. myself because I came back from Bali this past Saturday on 14th March. Correct, yep. And it was just announced yesterday that as of 2359 on Monday night, yeah. uh, there's going to be a... Anyone coming in from ASEAN countries will have to self-quarantine for two weeks, la, right? Yeah, correct. Wow. So so this might be this this is actually a a, a nice experiment I guess because now that means we can create podcasts even if we're not in the same room. Yeah, and, and we actually thought very hard about this whether we should like meet in person to to do a podcast and then I would wear a hazmat suit or something, even though. <laughs> but but I think the responsible thing that Harish did was to actually you know uh, actually stay at home lah. Because especially because I will, I'll be the first one to admit that when this first coron- first news of the coronavirus bro- uh, broke out, I was kind of like, uh, you know, just take care of your own health, take care of your own immunity, you'll be fine. But now I'm trying to force myself to not go with my gut feel, which is to be a little less precautious and be more precautious. Uh, because, yeah, it's it's reaching fucking ridiculous levels, man. Yeah, it's... In fact, we are recording this on a late on a Monday evening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we actually just heard the news that Malaysia has basically gone to lockdown mode. Gone into lockdown, man. Yeah. And I mean, just just uh, even before before we start the podcast proper, we were looking for what other stories are worth talking about that maybe not not is not receiving the attention it deserves because everything is over flooded with coronavirus views mm. uh, news. But there's there's nothing much else because now it's almost like the whole world is focused on this and rightly so la. So yeah. we figured, I mean. I've, I've spent the past day and a half since I came back from Bali just catching up with news and it still feels like, I don't know about you, but it feels like there's a, like people are just looking for for things to either inform themselves or make themselves feel better or just hearing other people share their worries. So that's why I thought maybe this could be a bit cathartic for, for people who are listening. Yeah, actually, uh, it'd be quite interesting because like, you just came from Indonesia, Bali, yeah. like, at least specifically. Yeah. And maybe there's something you can even talk about uh, on this podcast. Uh. So I think rather than have a very specific topic, again, because it's coronavirus season, I think we, what we'll do is end up jumping to the various big topics that are dominating uh, the discussions these days. Uh. 
Yeah, I mean, and especially, uh, it, it might not be dominating discussions as much as other other news, but this is something that I guess it's not say the lighter side of things, but the things that are more thought provoking for me personally, la. And because right now, if you want to talk about things that are dominating the news, it's just how many cases, what are the news, mm-hmm. uh, new new things that are being done, but also looking at other ways, the fucking virus is just changing changing the world even as we speak, la. Yeah. I guess the the one thing that you mentioned just now was just like 10 minutes ago, we found out news that <laughs> Malaysia, Kuala, is it Malaysia or Kuala Lumpur? Malaysia. The whole of Malaysia has gone into yeah. lockdown. La. The whole of Malaysia, yeah. So so more specifically, that lockdown entails... Uh, uh, Basically, they, are, they were bar citizens from going overseas and foreigners from entering the country for two weeks starting on Wednesday, which is uh, wow. the day after tomorrow. But did and they mention... Did they mention how this is going to apply to Singaporeans? Uh, no, they didn't. And that's why there's a bit of panic. La. And, and uh, Chan Chun Singh, our, our yeah. minister who doesn't uh, isn't afraid of state, state, stating his mind, has really come out and put out a pretty long Facebook post about it. La. Basically just asking Singaporeans not to panic. I mean, the gist of it is that he's actually, I think the biggest worry that, that you might uh, think of when you talk about Malaysia and Singapore, uh, for, number one is any food supplies because I think we get quite a lot of fresh food supplies from Malaysia in terms of vegetables and meat and stuff like that mm. and number two is that the, there are a lot of people who commute between Singapore and Malaysia to work so what happens to those people who suddenly cannot come to Singapore to work or vice versa like Singaporeans can't go to Malaysia Yeah. so so he, he's tried to address both those both those issues in his Facebook post which is as of now 41 minutes ago wow, he and must really be up, he's up late at night as well not bad lah I I think a lot a lot of these people. I mean, kudos to them because I mean, I think in Singapore is is once again being held as the beacon of of how to handle a a pandemic. I guess and the, to 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 give credit where it's due, if you look at on YouTube, they they are I think uploads every few hours, if not uh, minutes, about some the latest announcement la. So in fact, when I was I was reading up and getting up to speed on all the coronavirus developments in, Sing- in Singapore and the rationale for doing certain things, those videos were actually very informative. La. And and I guess it's it's good that he posted this now because just as Malaysia announced those measures, my mom was telling me tomorrow we need to go to the grocery market, we need to get stuff. And I was like, tell- I was telling her, mom, please, please, we do not want need to panic at this point because mm-hmm. that's the last thing that's the last thing people should be doing, right? Panicking now. And yeah. and it's gonna be the whole fucking repeat of like toilet toilet people flying off the shelves again. Yeah. <laughs> but but based on Chan Chun Singh's post, it seems like even people who work Malaysians who work in Singapore are not gonna be allowed to come in. Yeah, so that's why he's asking oh, fuck. Yeah, he's telling businesses this is where you have to launch your business continuity plans. Uh, and, and but that's if the businesses have business continuity plans. <laughs> yeah, uh, what I the know. fuck is a business continuity plan? So so yeah, in for, for context for people who might not know, a lot of Malaysians uh tra- about three hundred thousand Malaysians cross the border to work in Singapore every day. And yeah. um of these Malaysians, a lot of them uh I would say a lot of them also work in say things like the service sector as well. So a lot, I think a lot of uh, service businesses. That means ser- like even, I mean, not to not to. I mean, what what is kind of business you you think of when I I say that oh, a lot of Malaysian employees? I mean FNB I think has a lot of Malaysian employees. Right? Yeah, FNB. I think actually I think not only FNB. I would think that other because compared to to um other nationalities that come here to Singapore and focus on a few specialized sectors. I think mm. the the fact that Malay Singapore is so close to Singapore, I think it extends to not just F and B industries. I'm guessing yeah. even more of the I don't know, like I don't know about 
tech or aviation or I know when I was in aviation I had a few Malaysian colleagues yeah. um and uh the barber I go to he's from he comes from Malaysia every day yeah. so and, and I think it's 300,000 well, yeah. yeah and I think it's 300,000 for Singaporeans and Malaysians or basically 300,000 people cross the border every day yeah, yeah so either way it's it's going to fuck up a lot of things and I think people are just worried that oh shit if if people can't come in then all the produce that we get from Malaysia and all will be will be screwed yeah so Wow, this is going to be tricky, tricky, tricky. Yeah, it's going to be. That's why, I, I mean, even just like half an hour before this, I was just thinking, oh, should we, should we, I mean, not half an hour, but just when this was announced, I was thinking, should we delay our podcast uh, and let the dust settle a bit? But at this point right now, every, the dust is never going to yeah, settle. The dust is never settled, <laughs> man. It's like every half a day, there's like some crazy huge news. But actually, one one interesting thing, ah, uh, one interesting thing, ah, uh, not not to, to toot our own horns or or anything like that, but we've actually been on this coronavirus thing, as in on our podcast, we've been discussing coronavirus since the very first time it came out, you know. So anyone who wants to know what it's been like in Singapore since we won the early ones with the coronavirus, right? If you listen to our podcast every week, right, since I think late January, you actually get a sense of what what has been going on in Singapore with the coronavirus, ah. Uh. Oh, yeah, that's are, true. Yeah, uh. we're one of the few, like, I think one of the few uh, podcasts or, or even just any media, kind of media that's really documenting it on a on a weekly basis. Uh. Yeah, and uh, narrated by two people who have no expertise in immunology <laughs> or, or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> infectious diseases or anything. Yeah, yeah, this guy just, he just went to Bali, man, last week. <laughs> yeah, that's why, and I tell you, fucking Bali, like, you go to Singapore airport, first of all, it's deserted, and, and you go in and you got checks here, you got checks here, anywhere you need to put your fingers on, like, you know, the, to check the fingerprint, the, de- the, yeah. de- the detectors, there are sanitizers everywhere, everyone's in masks. You go to Bali, like, fuck, man, no one gives a shit, man. Oh, like, seriously? I mean, there's some... Inf- like some leaflets you have to fill up like uh one form or something you have to fill up when you're on the plane kind yeah. of declaring your your health state and then yeah. uh if it, it just get gets chopped at immigration and you go through but as much as you can tell corona is on coronavirus is on their minds it's it's how far they go through it or everything they can do to be precautious uh, like that fingerprinting you have to put both your index fingers on this on this glass thing you know at the immigration counter mm-hmm. and there's mm-hmm. no sanitizers anywhere Oh it's just fucking like I mean I had my own and uh, I'm just trying to be proactive lah. But then once you go to to Bali, you don't see many people with masks. And uh, I mean, just talking to the to the the establishments down there, business generally is down fifty percent. But oh, uh, but people are still kind of like going about on their own business lah. Because yeah, it's just it's just such a such a tricky thing. I think one thing is the the fact that this virus that there's that incubation period where symptoms don't even show, but you can still be contagious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where, I mean, if, if people go somewhere and then the next day they like fucking pneumonia to the max, I think it'll lot be, it'll be a lot scarier. But as with as with most things where you can't see the immediate impact, right? Yeah. I think people just get complacent, man. Myself included. Uh. That's why now yeah. I'm trying to constantly remind myself like fucking just do what you need to do and flatten the curve uh. that's the yeah. that's the trending term like uh, this week right what what is can you explain what flatten the curve is so so from whatever i've tried to read up basically the virus was spreading at a at a exponential rate like uh, which means that the rate of increase was increasing so if you imagine a curve it's almost like a like a hockey stick curve uh. it starts off flat and then it goes more and more inclined and the, the incline gets steeper and steeper. La. So that's when the, the curve is, is uh, the virus is spreading exponentially. 
uh, and with all viruses, based on all the virus outbreaks in the past, there will be a point in time where the rate of increase de- uh, starts decreasing. So that means if you imagine the slope uh, is super steep, it starts getting more and more like a plateau, and then uh, once it reaches so like a point... A, it's like an S like that. Like, kind yeah, of. It's, like, okay. it's like an S. Yeah, okay. it's like an S. So the inflection point is where... That that midpoint of the of the diagonal line in the middle that changes uh that changes the rate of increase line and at some point it will flatten so and why all, all but well sorry just to just ask but why will it yeah. flatten like naturally um, or anything I think I think because if you imagine okay so just just based on what I understand if if there is one person in in a group in a room full of one infected person in a room full of hundred people. Um, you can imagine that one person infecting two people, and then that two people infecting another two people. So it's it's basically multiplying by two uh, every uh, every which way la. But then yeah. once it reaches a point where most of the people are uh, are either infected or the the people are far enough where new infections cannot take place, right? Mm. Then the rate of new infections will decrease. La. So mm. one one option is to get as many people infected as possible because mm. generally, I think what they're saying is only 20% of people who get the virus will need hospitalization. Yeah. So that's called what I, what I believe is the herd immunity la, where yeah. everyone gets infected so that the rate of new infections decrease, la, which yeah. is a... Uh, a very based on mathematical models, uh, and but you definitely will have to sacrifice some people uh, in that case. Yeah, right? yeah, and I'll, and okay. I'll come back to that because that is relevant in a certain way. But the other option is you socially distance yourself so that it's harder for infected people to infect others, like, And that's where, if the rate of uh, new infections get less and less, that is what it means to flatten the curve, like, And that okay. has been trending the past few days because that's what. People uh, around the world, including cel- celebrities, politicians, are actively pushing for to okay. socially distance yourself to flatten the curve. So that is the trending hashtag. Post everything you want and make people flatten the fucking curve. I see. So, so what you're saying, what or what you've been reading is that basically to flatten the curve, um, there's two ways like One is to either just let everyone get it, or the yeah. second way is to we do all these social distancing, lockdowns, everything, and cut, minimize contact contact between people. Like, right. Yeah, correct. And I, and I think the interesting thing about being in Singapore is that we, I think, okay, I think yesterday or today there were 19 new cases, which was mm-hmm. a, a quite a few more than the past few days. But yeah. I think up to today, we were at the point where our curve was kind of flattening. Yeah, yeah. Correct. And same with China and South Korea. So it's kind of interesting how at one point we had the biggest number of infections outside of China. And then we literally went from the start to flatten the, the, the flat curve part, like, which is what? Yeah. Which is which is good, but the sad mm. thing is, whatever we went through is now being, uh, f- uh, experienced in other countries on yeah. a much bigger scale, uh, which is the yeah. scary part. So that's why it's actually quite uh, uh, it's actually quite interesting f- for for me because I had friends in the US that I was like messaging when the when shit was going a bit crazy in Singapore, uh, and I was trying to tell them the scale uh, at which shit was happening uh, was going crazy, like people panic buying and, and like the number of new infections and clusters and all that. And I, I just felt like everyone was like looking at it almost like a very foreign kind of thing. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't going to affect them, like my friends in the US and all. Like it was just so far from their minds. They're still thinking about, oh, is my vacation to Asia going to be affected and stuff like that. Lah. Whereas yeah. now in the past week alone, right, not only has the US like uh, gone uh, like, uh, state by state, they're going to like various levels of lockdown mode. 
but we've basically lost all, almost all forms of entertainment in the US. NBA has been suspended. You know, all the major sports like baseball, hockey have all been suspended. Um, even like uh, English Premier League in the UK has been suspended. Uh, all the major football leagues in, in, the, in Europe have been suspended. All in a space of like seven days. La, which is, you just think about it, it's just like, wow. It, it suddenly went from zero to hundred. Like, a bit like how it was in Singapore in late January. La. It felt like that, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, and that's why it's like, it's a bit, uh, it's just a bit uh, f- frustrating, I guess, maybe. Because in Singapore, we already were seeing like, oh shit, it can be really bad. And I, just, I was just trying to imagine how bad it was going to be when a, a bigger country or like a country like the US gets it like, and and yeah we we weren't we didn't see them preparing very much and now we see the we see the results of of that the lack of preparation yeah and and that's one thing that I've also been thinking about because I mean okay even between you and me right you remember the first podcast we did on yeah. coronavirus and I yeah. was obviously the less paranoid person yeah right so even even and not to say people in another country in the west People in the same country and people who have been working together for the past nine fucking years can yeah. still have that different opinions, right? It's, it made me think a lot also about, fuck, was I too too quick to just uh, uh, dismiss, it. Uh, dismiss it? But then mm. also at, a, at the same point, if everybody panics at the start, that's also not good, right? Yeah. And yeah. But but I think as I think that's where the leadership, their role is fucking important uh, because there, there are so many articles that have been written about how China... Even though they they messed up initially, um, they they took a lot of steps to 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 curb it quickly, and they bought time for the West. Yeah. But the West just totally wrote it off, which is like mm. what you said, like uh, amongst your friends, but amongst the leaders also for the longest time, Trump was just calling it a fucking hoax, yeah. which is fucking stupid. Yeah, which crazy. on the bright side, it may be the one thing that might actually cause him to lose the elections this year yeah. like, if they actually <laughs> happen. Because yeah. up till now he was invincible, man. But now he's totally fucked up. Yeah. Where even even his supporters must be thinking like, "Yo, what the fuck, man?" Yeah. But I I mean just something. Uh, I guess if you're listening from somewhere outside of Singapore now, as outside Asia especially, la, Um, maybe you can describe also what the feeling, what the mood in Singapore is like post that hysterical phase of panic buying. Because that um, was like, the panic buying, I yeah. think, was about a month ago already, like, right? It has been at yeah. least a month ago. So, or even yeah. more, slightly more than a month and a half. So, what is the feeling in Singapore right now from your perspective? Like? I mean, granted that, I, uh, okay, so up to the point I left for Bali last Tuesday and today, I think I think generally people are, are uh, precautious, but it doesn't feel like things have come to a standstill, like lockdown mm-hmm. level, like. Yeah. Um. But there's definitely uh in in the in the air general air there's like okay something's going on like, but but I I I don't think it's anywhere close to what other countries are experiencing like. Yeah. I mean in, in Singapore one of the things that we used to gauge, uh we used to gauge how scared people are of coronavirus is is there a queue outside the Shake Shack at Jewel Changi? Yeah. <laughs> and apparently. <laughs> Apparently, from what I've been hearing from people, is that now there is there seems to be a queue outside Shake Shack at Jewel oh, Changi again. So <laughs> it's like the there are two Shake Shacks in Singapore, and they both have queues outside for dinner and lunch, which tells you that life is well, is sort of you know people are still trying to get on with life, still going out for lunches and dinners and all that lah. And and I mean, I just saw on Insta stories a few friends posting that. Uh, yesterday they were at Tanjung Beach Club, which yeah. is a uh, 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 one of the beach clubs in Singapore. Uh, yeah. which, I mean, oh, there yeah, are many yeah. beach clubs in Singapore, and it yeah. was fucking packed, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, this this week itself is the, I think it's the school holidays in Singapore. 
So yeah. actually, I see, yeah, on Instagram, I see a lot of my friends bringing their kids to go for staycations at Sentosa and the Shangri-La Hotel and all that. So And how do you feel about that? So it's quite funny, because now I'm seeing in the US, they're going all in on social distancing, like hashtag social dis- distancing. Whereas uh. in Singapore, I, you know, people are saying, okay, let's, let's, you know, we can still go for staycations, we can still <laughs> try to have fun. And, and you know, and, even and the cinemas now have social distancing where, where you sit... You sit two seats away from another couple like that. Yeah, and and so we are really sort of like, it's almost internalized already, like, this whole thing. No, but are you saying that the social distancing is internalized or the fact that it's the worst is over is internalized? Uh, the, I, I think the crazy panic about like keeping away from everyone has, we've already passed that. And mm. we're now trying to find ways to try and live normal lives uh, as normal as you can. Yeah. Without with social distancing, with with yeah, ext- yeah, with social distancing, uh, b- baked in into uh, what we do lah, you know. Hmm. Yeah, but like your friends going for for staycations in Sentosa, does that count as social distancing? Uh, I mean, they would either be at home or they would be at Sentosa. Uh, and then from what I'm hearing, it's that the the hotels are not really like booked out. They're probably like fifty percent full. Mm. Uh, and and uh, from because a lot of my friends are like parents with with kids and all, they wipe down everything like three times before they actually use it, you know. So mm. is there? I mean, in some ways, they are isolating themselves, perhaps from from other kids or other families or even older grandparents and stuff like that. So in yeah. some sense, that is social distancing. Of course, Singapore is we're quite unique in the sense that a lot of us live. Uh, with our parents or live with uh, grandparents even so mm. so there is there is definitely consideration of, oh shit if I'm if I need to socially distance myself I, I need to get out of the house la. There, there is a thought I mean even for you right it, like 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 you thinking about uh, social distancing from or self-quarantining you have to think about your family as well right yeah yeah because because I stay with my mom <laughs> so yeah. so uh, the, today like when when we were like uh, having lunch you know we would also socially distance ourselves mainly because <laughs> mainly because I came back from Bali are you sure you're in quarrel or something are you sure you're in she never put enough dal or anything no because I also came back from Bali I mean in fact I think the social distancing could have could have resulted in a quarrel and I was the one telling my mom mom can you just stay away I just came back from Bali uh, you have nowhere else to go I kind of I mean my girlfriend also went back to she's also in kind of social distancing from her family uh, so yeah. so it's just it's just interesting but but the one thing that um, I mean it's it's uh, it's it's Oh, so many thoughts. I think, I think okay, one thing is people can apparently get reinfected. Mm. So, because I think something I heard from one uh, professor of immunology or something like that, he was saying that um, it, it might take a while for immunity to be built up and it almost seems there were certain cases, I think on cruise ships or in China, uh, where people were getting reinfected. Um, so, so if, yeah, it's almost like before your body can build up the immunity, if you're still exposed to it, you can get reinfected lah. So yeah. it's that's that's one thing that that's scary uh and like I think if you look at all the the studies of the rate of of uh growth of infections in different countries they all follow uh, an eerily similar uh log- logarithmic chart la, um which which is the exponential rate of increase and then the the flatten so different mm. countries are at different stages Singapore South Korea and China are thankfully at the part where okay it's starting to flatten but the scary thing is if you look at the numbers from Italy, Spain and now US it is all going around that same kind of trend of exponential increase like, which is fucking scary because yeah. I think for 
Italy, it went from like one case to 12,000 cases in like a matter of 10 days. Uh. Yeah, correct, correct. And, so, and the, the, the kind of crazy thing is that uh, the worst thing is that the the medical systems in those in those countries are not ready for this kind of uh, apocalyptic kind of uh, diseases, right? Like like that infect 12,000 at one go. La. And that's yeah. where we're hearing stories of doctors having to choose between old people and young people and who to save and stuff like that, which is something, uh, admittedly, I think we did not experience in Singapore. We never got to that stage, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, we, which is crazy because I think there was uh, some manifesto that the doctors in Italy had to release, right? Basically, they went into like wartime mode la, where mm. with limited resources, you kind of have to decide if there's an old person with uh, not only coronavirus but asthma or some other diseases you the basic the 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 conclusion is that compared to someone who's younger who has a higher chance of survival they will not cater to the older person because they don't have the facilities and how fucked up is that man yeah yeah it's it's crazy i mean yeah. uh, i just saw some photos of like uh of the the situation in singapore general hospital uh yeah. i think there was a, a journalist who followed the teams the medical teams during the first couple of weeks and I, they were really like hands on, all hands on deck. Like, you know, doc- doctors who are usually doing surgery were also working, walking the grounds and just working with COVID patients and all. So it's really like, uh, even in Singapore with the, the being able to control the number of people getting the disease, uh, there was, it, it was still like a very, it looks like a really taxing time. Uh. And the worst, you know, was the one image that I saw that made me really like sympathize with them? Was what? that this... They were had a they were one of the guys was having a lunch break alone, because they had to do social distancing even during lunch. They couldn't eat lunch with their their colleagues or anything, so even lunch they had to just sit alone and just eat alone. It's like wow. Really so they're already working their asses off, and then yeah. oh fuck, yeah, they can't even people. have like a real lunch break to just chit chat or anything like that, lah. So it's so ironic, right? There are people who are just at home, especially the, the people in the gig economy, like freelancers, MCs, actors. Their their work has been in, like it's it's not an easy time for people in the media industry, yeah. And on the other flip side, you get the people at the frontline workers who are probably working harder than they've ever had to work in the in the past. Yeah. Oh fuck, yeah, it is crazy, man. And and oh, one thing I wanted to get back to uh, uh earlier about the the flatten the curve thing. The reason why I mentioned the herd immunity and why I said I will come back to that because apparently, mm. right. That is apparently the tactic that the U UK government was taking. Mm. Even though now I'm seeing articles that they uh, it was miscommunicated and that's not exactly what Boris Johnson said. But it mm. feels like it's more is them backtracking. But basically their their strategy was to let uh herd immunity kick in, which means that people might need to get exposed and expose themselves so that uh to the virus so that that the 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 sixty seventy percent of the population being infected will come sooner rather than later, which yeah. means that herd immunity will kick in, like So if you Google herd immunity UK, you be see a lot of articles where, like immunologists and all, just say it's a fucking stupid idea. But I just found one article that that kind of talks about how the what Boris Johnson said was misunderstood, la. But it just feels like something that he may have said. But now the administration is backtracking because it's a ridiculous plan because every other country is focusing on social distancing, self-quarantine, yeah. whereas the UK is some, saying something like the opposite, you know, like expose yourself so yeah. that more people can get sick and get the immunity sooner rather than later. Oh, man. This, I mean, that's this kind of the, the, the thing closer to home, like in Indonesia. 
I think for the longest time they were saying that they had zero they've had zero uh, cases and yeah. everyone uh, basically everyone in Singapore was skeptical of that la, basically because we we uh, we know that it, a lot of Chinese people also travel to Indonesia and all so actually in the past week that you've been away right a lot of the there's been a a, a spike in the number of imported COVID cases la. there's a lot mm. more uh, the, the proportion of imported cases seems to be higher than the local transmissions already so and a lot of times if you look at the demographics of the people who the imported cases, a lot of them are actually Indonesians uh, in their fifties or sixties coming into Singapore. You see, and a lot of them mm. they even come in. They came in uh, even after having visited hospitals in Jakarta for for pneumonia and all. So oh. there, there, there's a lot of people. Are, that's why the travel restrictions right now. A lot of people are saying that um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, more well to do Indonesians. Who are actually coming to to use the Singapore's medical facilities? Are uh, because they trust our medical facilities a lot more than oh, Indonesia. Totally understandable. Which is yeah. why two three days ago, uh, the, the our government passed a policy that they will not accept uh for they will not treat foreign for free uh, yeah. for free, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So foreigners now will now have to pay for COVID treatment, uh, unless you are a long term visit pass holder, which means you have uh, strong family ties or something in Singapore. Like. But but previously, what would the foreigners have to pay? They would still have to pay. What you mean? They won't have to pay? No, I think it was free. Basically, we wanted anyone with any kind of symptoms oh. to declare as early as possible. But now, see, like it's, it's it's almost like medical tourism, where I think a lot of uh, foreigners are literally coming to Singapore because oh. they see that Singapore you can get treated and can get well, like. Oh so yeah, so that makes total sense. Yeah, because I went on Instagram and I saw this old friend of 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 mine from Indonesia. Um, I think she was traveling her whole family to somewhere. So she was taking for selfies of herself with wearing a mask saying, oh, evacuation mode on. And then showing her the bags that her husband had packed of golf clubs and tennis rackets and stuff <laughs> like that. And, and her mother, her kids and all were evacuating out of Jakarta. My guess is... To come to Singapore. Yeah, <laughs> my guess is at some point I will see her around in Singapore, like maybe saying... Oh my God. So that's what Singapore is for a lot of rich people around the region. Uh. It's like, yeah. you know, you, you see those movies where those rich people fly off into space or something. Exactly, Until we yeah. can get to space, they'll fly off to Singapore. Singapore. Because if you read some of the profiles of the recent cases, right, one of them even came in through Salita Airport, which means that this person came in through private a private plane jet. Private plane or something. Yeah. Came in through oh, a private jet and then check themselves into the hospital, you know. <laughs> well, how ironic, uh, you know, previously we had people like getting on the on the on the sampans to get out of Singapore, right? Yeah, now yeah, it yeah. would be people getting like <laughs> people <laughs> coming in on sampans and motorboats. Yeah, and then remember like just two weeks ago we were talking about was it a week ago we were talking about a Singaporean guy getting punched in London. Don't bring your coronavirus to my country. Now <laughs> everybody wants to come to our country to fight coronavirus. <laughs> oh love it. No, but the one thing interesting about uh countries in Africa, right? I okay, I would think that if, if the coronavirus really hits Africa, yeah, it would be a lot of big issues. But one thing that I heard which made me kind of think about it in a different way is the I think it was someone from the World Health Organization or something talking about their plans for Africa, but and they pointed out that if you look at countries that have dealt with outbreaks, right, there are a lot of countries in Africa that have had to deal with uh, even worse shit before, no? Yeah. So yeah. in some way they You're talking are talking about Ebola, Ebola, yeah, Ebola, and all that. yeah. So in okay. some way there there is some infrastructure set up there, uh, which I thought, or at least the people are more prepared, lah. Infrastructure-wise, I'm not so sure. But if you think about it, if you have lived through Ebola, right, fucking where the fatality rate is like 50%, 
yeah. this kind of viruses might be at least at least the pandemonium and the panic won't be there la. the the flip side is that this feels like respirators are are the one thing that you need and i don't know how how uh uh available that is in countries that are less developed. La. So I guess yeah. the, the biggest thing that has, that this virus has shown is that the world's healthcare system is shit la, in general. When you say the world, you mean the interconnected world. La. Is it? As in we I don't mean, have any... Like WHO, I think, hasn't been doing a great job in in keeping everything together, la, right? No, I, 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 I'm not saying just for this virus. I'm just saying the way the 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 country's healthcare systems are set up to deal with potential viruses like this, mm. uh, potential outbreaks, which which the next thing that that makes me think about is that, you know how like, okay, the, the one thing about this virus, when, when it was breaking out, you could see signs, like, you could hear some experts saying, even back in January, that this is going to be a few months thing, p- cases are going to peak in March and April, yeah. and that was, that was what my brother was telling me, and I, for the longest time, it took a while to convince me, like, but mm. it ultimately came true, like, and you hear all these things of, like a lot of people now can say, I told you so, I told you so, because, even look at the West, la, like for the longest time, they, they pushed it off and then finally shit hit the fan, right? The yeah. one thing that this makes me think about, right, is this going to be, is this a much quicker analogy for climate change? Because mm. if you think about it, the signs were there, right? That people could have taken action, but they didn't because of politics, politics. because of all these different things. And that's yeah. exactly the same with climate change, except climate change feels like it's a lot more drawn out. La. Because yeah. if you listen to anyone in in uh, infectious diseases who have been specializing it in years, they said this is the one of the things that their entire industry always focuses on, how mm. to prepare for an outbreak. There have yep. been movies made about it, there have been books written about it, but still when it happened, right, we're not fucking prepared. Yeah. So isn't that the same with climate change? Like It might just be one case where I don't know, like the world suddenly increases by 0.1 degree, which is the tipping point for everything to fuck up, and then we are all fucked as a as a as a as a race, la. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's a good point, uh, because I think climate change. Um, if you think about our Earth and our human history in the larger scheme of like uh, the history of the universe, right? We are really just a very minor blip, yeah, or in and just a very short moment in time, lah. So. Yeah. Maybe the effects of climate change to us seem to be drawn out over many, many years. But in the universe, it's just, it's just like one yeah. flash only. La, which is, yeah. It's kind of like what? It's a, now it's a microcosm of what climate change is to, to the universe, la, right? Yeah, exactly. So like what, what we feel is virus, oh shit, in three months, shit has hit the fan. Yeah, yeah. on a different time scale, climate change is exactly that. Yeah. Now it might be the first case of Wuhan, the Wuhan, Wuhan virus breaking out on the climate change time scale, which means that we are all destined to be fucked over, like, and only realize it when it's too late, like. Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of a. Uh, that's why I mean Singapore. I think uh, it was quite interesting, like, because earlier in the week, uh, it seemed you know things started seem to be coming down in Singapore. We were getting like five, three cases, seven cases maximum. That's all uh, every day. And then suddenly, the government even released uh, the new electoral boundaries, so, so which is basically a precursor to a general election, which happens every five <laughs> years in Singapore. They released it earlier this week. Then people are like, what the fuck? You're so confident about this coronavirus thing that you're going to have a general election in the middle of the coronavirus. <laughs> Everyone started like, what the fuck is going on? Huh? So it was... It was it was quite funny, but now I don't know. With the virus seems to be getting the whole world seems to be going crazy. It seems it doesn't seem like the right thing to do again. <laughs> I mean, if they do hold the election, they will confirm win, because yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's a one of those proven theories, right? That in when your country is doing 
uh, worse, uh, be it GDP, be it uh, health, the incumbent always will, will have a better chance of winning. Yeah, or even just voter, just having voter <laughs> indifference, uh, right? Like people not okay. turning up, yeah. Can you imagine like one of the biggest uh, tools of the opposition has always been the rallies that get supercharged yeah, up where 30, exactly. 50,000 people go, no fucks, yeah, well, they go then they stand one, 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 one meter apart. Uh. Live stream, <laughs> uh, they have to live stream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Allah, yeah. That but is crazy, like, man. So, but it, to me, it was almost like, a, it would almost look like arrogant if you if you suddenly, let's uh, say you're doing okay and then you suddenly had general election in the middle of a in the middle of a coronavirus pandemic where the whole freaking world is freaking out because I mean you think about it just having an election just flies in the face of so-called social distancing right it's, mm-hmm. it's like it's, the, it's like let's get everybody to come together and put that put like, you know write down on pieces of paper and then put them together and then make some people have to count those pieces of paper and expose themselves to the virus I mean so I mean even if they do it all online it will be in favor of the incumbent right? because you don't yeah, yeah. the opposition can't get the opportunity to even share their their policy theories or plans yeah. with with the masses yeah. yeah I mean I'm sure there's there's political reasons behind it but it almost seemed like such a weird flex, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we're so we're so we're so done with the coronavirus already, we can start thinking about elections. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's a damn weird flex. It just makes us look like kind of strange. Uh. No, but now 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 one thing that, that I feel like, oh shit, I really hope tomorrow is not gonna see panic buying again, man. Because it's Malaysia thing, right? I can totally see it freaking out a lot of people. Uh. I think my mom is a, is like a, a a barometer for for the the state of of like the 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 perception of maybe the older generation uh, and she, she was telling already, me just now she she already stand by already uh, tomorrow morning yeah she's yeah, gonna so leave the to, house to, yeah, so tomorrow tomorrow I told her okay we can go to the market to get some basic groceries but we're not gonna stock up and pile up uh, but I can totally see people going ape shit and just thinking exactly what we were saying just now like Malaysia provides us with a lot of produce what's gonna happen and as much as Chan Jun Singh can try and assure us right yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, un- until until we have like definite proof or something, people are gonna freak out, man. So tomorrow feels like there's gonna be another repeat of 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 what we saw previously, la. Yeah. But the funny thing is, um, I I I mean, I'm, I'm at Chan Chun Singh's page and just seeing his posts and some of the comments. A lot of, the, I mean, a lot of the comments actually are about, you know, hey Singapore, we got to show Malaysia that we don't rely on them because if we freak out just because they they stop coming to our, to Singapore, right? Then it shows that we are very scared that we we can't live without them, uh. So we got to show the BSG united and not look weak in front of our neighbors. Cause I mean, Malaysia loves to take a dig at us every now and then, uh, for various yeah. for various political gains. So this one seems like maybe the next the next big uh poke that they they do at us, uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so SG United, it's I think it's trending on TikTok, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a government it's a government initiative. Like you know, SG fifty oh. during our fiftieth anniversary, they they did SG fifty campaign. Now it's SG United to try and uh, get businesses, get individuals, get uh, organizations all together to fight the coronavirus together, la. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And I mean, yeah. I must must give credit to the government for doing what they need have needed to do in in this time, uh, Because I mean, even PM Lee's latest video. Uh, over the past few days, I thought it was actually compared to compared to fucking Trump's uh, state's yeah. uh, address to the US, right? Which was a fucking joke. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. Like this way, you look okay, la, Like PM Lee, power. No, no, not yeah. bad, not bad. The the context is that uh, I think when was it? Uh, last was it last? I think Sunday, Saturday. Oh yeah, Saturday or something. I think uh, the suddenly the Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong called for, said that he's going to address the nation at eight PM. 
And it happened that morning was the day that WHO announced coronavirus as a pandemic. Uh. So mm. I think in, in order to quell any kind of uh, crazy speculation among Singaporeans and panic buying, he merely jumped on uh, onto TV and just gave a very, what I would say, you know, it's a status update. Lah, and But it was a very, quite a calming message again. Yeah. Again, yeah. Uh, I mean, again, I will emphasize that I, I'm not like the the uh, biggest like supporter of PAP or anything like that but when I can really see well this guy does have a very strong team helping him craft his communications very well uh. he he just really laid out all the options and really told us essentially what is the worst that could happen but you know we are hoping for the best and we just keep working towards that together and I just felt like very assured like, and I saw online there were a lot of posts from foreigners who were saying that this is the first speech by a uh, government official that makes me feel uh, assured even though I don't, I'm not even from Singapore yeah exactly yeah. so that, that's what I feel as well because yeah I'm also not I, I think I, I've been quite critical of the PAP in, in the past but when I heard that I was like okay okay at least it feels like okay we're in a shit storm but there's hope la. whereas yeah. you listen to fucking Trump like just on his, he said what they're going to cut off trade from Europe and then yeah. after that the speech <laughs> finished then the, his okay. team yeah, his team also has to go and correct it like yeah. oh, come on man yeah although I was making a reference to like, I think the cameras continue rolling for a bit after he finished his speech yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, he, then he just sighed okay it okay. seems like <laughs> so it's like no, but I think the, one of the funnier uh, one of the funnier news uh, late night shows that have talked about the coronavirus and talked about Trump's like really bad response is uh, John Oliver yeah, he, he just did a he just did a YouTube he just did a video that Part wasn't two, in front right? of a live audience. Yeah, talking about coronavirus, a second update, and he, he basically he basically tells you how 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 uh, far far apart the government's response is from like the the everyone's like panic panic panicking response la. And you know it was also recording before the his his address started. Oh really? And yeah, and <laughs> there was a stain on his shirt and he said, can I have some of the white stuff? And he sweat. He said, oh, fuck, can I have some of the white stuff? I think if you see uh, Trevor Noah or Stephen Kobe, they showed that clip. Oh, so it wasn't just after shit. it kept recording. So, and, and I mean, the, the late night show, watching it is, is kind of weird because they're all done with no audience, right? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, so it was, I know Stephen Kobe taped his rehearsal yeah. Uh, John Oliver, he said the building he his 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 uh, show is filmed or had a had a few positive cases, so yeah. he did it in like a small studio. And Seth Meyers and James Gordon are all doing it without audiences, like. So it's just a very surreal time where, in every aspect of the world, you can imagine how okay you can imagine things happening like this, but cannot actually imagining it happening for real like like lockdowns and like just people making so many changes to their lifestyle but fuck man yeah. it is crazy times yeah yeah and I mean, Net, Net, Netflix also has shut down all productions of their show yeah of their shows internationally um, Olympics probably is not going to happen the, yeah. the Premier League the funniest thing is Liverpool were going to be crowned champions last weekend oh yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and now it's been they're talking there's talks about cancelling it and <laughs> but it's crazy la. but, but yeah, the, the one fucking one, crazy man one thing I, I, I did realize was that um there were there are crazy stories happening la. like there was a dude who set a a police station on fire in Singapore. He threw like, I think like some burning uh Molotov cocktail or something at a police station at night in Singapore, causing a small explosion and stuff. But it barely even made the news because like this coronavirus thing has just dominated headlines all day la. 
so I mean, he did it. Why? Like, what? What was the motivation? Oh, it's just there? he's a guy who apparently has a lot of grievances, and I think he's he's been admitted to the Institute of Mental Health before. And so what he did was he drove a a, a truck up to the police station somewhere in Bunking. And then and at night lah, well, it was closed. And then threw like some explosive or Molotov cocktail or something through the window, uh, and then it caused like a big fire and explosion, a small explosion. And then he was subsequently just arrested lah. No one was injured or anything at all. And he scrawled like you know ISIS and and fuck the PAP on walls and stuff like that. So so it was it, it sounded like people. I remember that night. I think uh people were sharing the that piece of news like oh you know terrorist attack in Singapore. But actually, it was oh. just a, an arson attack. But it, it, people even barely bat an eyelid because all day we're just looking at this coronavirus thing, like, And then everything, every day, the news just get crazier and crazier. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of terrorist attacks, even ISIS, ISIS issued a directive. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> the directive was what? What was the directive? So I, mean, so I mean, basically, the article, the first line of this article I'm reading is ISIS included a full page infographic on coronavirus prevention in the new issue of the Terror Group's official weekly Ooh. newsletter. What the fuck? Said they they have a weekly newsletter and it was a full page infographic and basically it's cover your sneezes and do not enter the land of the epidemic. So <laughs> I guess the the upside is that Europe is probably going to be free from ISIS terror attacks in the for the new future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's oh, crazy. But, spe- but speaking of terrorists, I even watched. I watched our show in its entirety over the weekend. Uh. Oh, really? Yeah, for for the first time since for the we first time. finished doing it. And mm. um, I tell you one one thing: this coronavirus really, it just uh, a bit like how politics is it nowadays. And everything, just the the the, the in- how incredible everything is happening around us now, right? Just makes any kind of thing I watch, any show I watch, just less enjoyable because it just seems like oh this is like there's nothing that ridiculous exactly there's crazier shit going on around us right now what is this you know what what is this thing I'm watching on TV it's nothing much like you know so you're saying like a guy falling in love with a terrorist who swam into Singapore feels like it could happen (laughs) yeah I know I mean we're seeing freaking like NBA being cancelled people going nuts fighting for toilet paper people throwing Molotov cocktails through through windows and, and, and like you know it's just it's the kind of crazy shit going around us, it just makes me feel like like ev- yeah. almost everything, uh, even the entertainment we we consume now also has to take a back seat and, uh, as we respond to the, what this coronavirus is. La. Oh, wow. Eh. Yeah. Sure, there was a, a TikTok, a TikToker who issued uh, what I licked the ty- toilet seat challenge, which was fucking stupid also. I, I yeah, don't I even, that. I think, yeah, she, she just wanted to uh, I think it was a corona challenge or something just to lick the airplane toilet seat which is fucking stupid la. so uh, I mean you will always see see a whole spectrum of shit amid shit la. yeah wow it's, oh, a, it's a very oh, difficult time yeah but okay I mean to, to think about the future I think okay the, the one thing is that it, uh, I've been also trying to read up on is what is this hole for the future la? and generally there w- this will pass Mm. Um, it doesn't seem like something that will totally rid the human race yep. um, and it's going to be a tough few months but it will pass la. Yeah. so there is hope it's not it's not as devastating as Ebola or something mm. where fucking like the, the if you get it there's a 50% chance you're going to die it's just that the next few months are going to be super rough and yeah. I mean on it's just I guess hopefully it, like how I'm trying to look at it hopefully this is a wake up call for things that 
for other things that we have been taking for granted. I guess first and foremost, climate change, uh, where mm. if you keep thinking, oh, it's going to sort itself out, things are not going to change, this is going to be, a, this needs to be a fucking wake-up call to to put things in place that might not have a, a short-term benefit as yet, but it needs yeah. to be there for the long term. Yeah. Which is why like, I, I really salute people like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos who are already who are so driven to bring the human race to other planets because they yeah. they foresee Earth being inhospitable at some point, la, mm. which which is the far, far ahead thinking that we need to see more of. La, because yeah. otherwise, well, it's, 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 it's going to be rough, man. But I, I've, I've also, uh, in the last week or so, read a perspective that I thought was pretty interesting, is that this maybe this coronavirus is a kind of kick in the butt that the human race needed to cut back on this like uh this culture of consumerism of jet setting globe trotting and just running around and just doing whatever the hell you want as long as you have money kind of uh view la, towards life this yolo mm. kind of life you know mm. and, and really like think about what is important to you but not only that but when you say you support local you support a local produce you support local shops all that it really is about like let's really support each other la, you know because there might be a point of time where you might be the only supplier for a certain thing here. La. So I'm hearing that a lot in even in our media industry as well where um, that like you, they, they are waiting for something to ship in from China or, or from another country and it's being delayed because of, of various things going on in those countries, la, right? So the mm. reliance on China or outsourcing your, your skills, your, your, the skills that you would typically hire a local person, freelancer to do or something, that might need to be re-examined uh, as part of the business continuity planning going forward. And we just need to be more cognizant of what we have around us and, and use our resources more wisely also. Lo. Well, I mean, I, I, I really hope that carries on because I think even last year, uh, as yeah. a result of Greta Thunberg's uh, efforts, I think in the Europe, certain countries in Europe, there was a marked decrease in flights. Yeah, like People were actively choosing to not fly. Yeah. So... I mean, even though like my first reaction to what you said is like, fuck it, like, as long as people have money, they're, they're not going to give a fuck. I'm, I think I also would like to take the more optimistic uh, perspective that, okay, this hopefully is a wake-up call for, mm. I mean, these past few months, like the fucking bushfires, this, there's so many wake-up calls that, that hopefully would, would really um, cause people to, I mean, like, like for example, like like Trump, like you know, like if he 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 was the one who I think uh, did abolish the pandemic task force. I yeah. think last year, uh, yeah. he has cut the budget to the Environmental Protection Agency. He is still pushing for uh, coal coal mining. So if a politician like him is kicked out because we are suffering from shit like this, right, and replaced yeah. by someone who is hopefully more progressive, more forward thinking. That yeah. can be a good thing, lah. So it's almost like this is a short-term hit that the whole fucking world is taking. Yeah. Hopefully, things will get better, lah. Yeah, I mean, I mean the yeah, la, The the most important thing is if you are, if you are uh, older, you know, more more senior senior in age, and uh, or you have underlying health conditions, just make sure you take all the precautions, lah. And and if if you are living with someone like that, you also need to take precautions, lah, and and see a doctor, cause. I have actually gone to see a doctor myself like a couple of times in the past couple of weeks mm. because of a small cough or something. Um, and previously, I was thinking, oh shit, do I really want to go and see a doctor because I'm exposing myself to other sick people and all that. Then, But I think right now, the, in my mind, is more about collectively, like if if everyone thinks like how I was thinking, then nobody will go and see a doctor. Then we'll all infect each other without like seeing a medical professional. 
Yeah. Um, that was one thing. And the second thing is that seeing the doctor actually made me feel a lot better. I, I, I realized that, oh, you know, I wasn't displaying the symptoms of COVID-19 and yeah, at the end of the day, it was just more an allergy or something, like, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it just made me feel so much better and I wish I had gone to see a doctor earlier. La. So so oh. one message I will also give, give is that uh, try and, and right now we have to trust the experts as well and, and, you know, rather than trust whatever you see on the internet. And just, if you have any issues, go and see a doctor straight away. La. Yeah, and also, I mean, I guess what you're saying ultimately is about putting others before yourself, lah, right? Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, admittedly, I was the one who wanted to record the podcast today in the office, in right? Person, and you were, the yeah. one, <laughs> you were the one who pointed out, uh, you just came in from Bali, you might want to distance yourself. And for me, it was like, okay, it's not something that I would have thought of, but I was like, okay. And I had another meeting today with a group of people and I actually distanced myself from that, even though it would have been a good opportunity for future projects, but yeah. but not to toot my own horn or something, like because it wasn't an easy decision. But I think now, the one thing that is quite heartening is seeing the message of like, okay, everyone needs to take a hit. We just need to sacrifice for the short term to flatten the curve and stuff like that, which is, which in some way is, it feels like what I've said in the past, like, like in the movies when the alien race attacks uh, humans and we all come together to battle it. This feels like something like that. Like. So, so it's just showing more thoughts for the people around you and for society in general so we can get over with this fucking shit show and get back to the regular life. Like. Yeah, and continue eating shake shack as per normal. Yeah, that's why <laughs> and bubble tea and all that other shit that you have to queue for. La. Yeah. yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, that's why bubble tea also probably fucking getting hit. Unless, I don't know, man, unless if you go to bubble tea stores, you still see people in masks and like shit like that. Delivery services, yo. Delivery services. Oh, delivery now, services. Like, now it's true. all about delivery services, man. Really. Oh, and if only we had the e scooters, uh, then <laughs> fucking. <laughs> We got so, real e-scooters in November and now we're yeah, like, oh shit. That was part of the, 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 the way to deal with coronavirus, man. That even that got that got disabled. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so I guess we what, what we're trying to end on a on a more optimistic note, like, right? Yeah, yeah. But speaking of which, I mean we always have a segment that is a slightly more optimistic one, yeah, right? The the, the, the one shook, shook thing. One shook shook thing of the week. Yeah, the one shock thing. And since so, you just came back from Bali, maybe uh, you can start with your whatever is that shock thing that you have. Yeah. So, so the one shock thing for me is also related to coronavirus, but it is this this uh, effort that Nvidia, the the graphics card mm. maker, um, apparently there's this app that can uh, that can leverage the the computing power of computers that are not being used anywhere in the world as long as they have that app. So mm. they are um, they are urging their users to sign up to give the application called Folding at Home, which is yeah. uh, a so-called distributed computing project for disease research. So, so I think what the app does is that it uses the computational power of computers around the world and, and it almost combines all the power into a supercomputer that is doing all these calculations to to uh solve and find cures for diseases la. so mm. the app has been around since 2000 and it was just a nice thing where if you imagine like everyone has these computers at home which when put together can make a supercomputer right so it just feels like another another way that hum- mankind is coming together to defeat the fucking virus la. so i thought that was that was a very encouraging thing la. Interesting technology coming helping us yeah because i think in the together. past there was there was one disease that uh, or something that was trying to be s- that had been worked on by uh, cardiologists around the world for like I don't know seven or eight years, and when this yeah. app first came out, it solved it in four days or something. Oh, because serious? it just 
it just it just uh is the wiz- like with all the computing power around the world right and i think mm. that also utilize some element of gaming or something so it, it brought the gamers involved and they fucking solved it like crazy so so i think this is a nice way of just tapping on on the collective effort of of mankind la. yeah yeah oh. uh yeah cool because my one shift thing is also talking about the collective effort of mankind la, in a way uh, mm. i think it's just uh, referencing what i had said earlier about the the straits times uh photographs of the case number one in singapore they followed the case number one as he went all the way through the hospital and and they basically showed the whole process of how he how the hospital was th- had to you know isolate him and take care of him and subsequently everyone else was involved in the whole effort of identifying the disease and the cleaners and the doctors as well so if you if you i really encourage everyone to really take a look at the, these photos it's under an album called uh, clean hands open hearts uh, by Neo Xiaobin, which I think is the journalist name. Her mm. the her handle is at st dot xiaobin x i a o b i n. So I think that's uh, under Straits Time. She's probably the that's her journalist handle. And so mm. five hours ago, which is just in the evening of today, she posted this series of thirty five photos that really shows like the what it was like following case number one of the coronavirus in Singapore, lah. And oh, you okay. really, yeah, you really see the every single measure that the doctors and the frontline nurses are taking to, to mitigate the 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 problems of of, uh, dealing with such a contagious virus. Even down to like, the cleaners and the people delivering food to the people working on the front lines and stuff like that. So it's and really that's all co- in Singapore, is it? It's all in Singapore, and it is is it was all this was all taken in late late January, so it's uh, I mean it's it's really quite uh quite an interesting look la, into the, how, how you fight the coronavirus or how do you flatten the curve la, so to speak wow that's uh, cool yeah uh, I can send you I, I, we'll prob- we can post a link right yeah, yeah we, we'll yeah, post a link in the show notes uh. so so you can take a look at that the cheat code to how to flatten the curve yeah <laughs> cheat code Yeah. cool man cool so this is, this is the, the end of our first remotely recorded podcast yeah this one's like uh, you know there's this there are all these like indie bands L-A-N-Y where the two the two people in the band are like in LA or New York and then they call themselves oh, no. LA and Y. Oh, I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, we should. You are, I mean, I'm in uh, Red Hill. You are, where are you? Uh, I'm at Tanjong Katong. Uh, Tan- we should call ourselves like Red Hill Katong or something like that. <laughs> Form a band. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a great band name. Man. <laughs> yeah, totally rolls off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. but uh, so I mean as as always if if you have any thoughts on what we have said or if you, if you want to share your own perspectives on the coronavirus please do message us yeah. we've been getting more and more messages via Instagram and we really do try to respond to every message we have some plans to supercharge the podcast which includes uh, a subreddit specifically for this podcast that one of our dear fans has set up uh, more details on that in probably the next podcast yeah. Um, and and yeah, if you have any ideas, I mean, we seriously are thinking about some of the ideas that you guys have suggested in the past, including live call-ins, uh, and 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 maybe more more activity on Twitter as we as we do the podcast. So because this year we amidst the whole coronavirus thing, we do want to grow the podcast as well. Yep, that's right. So any ideas would be much appreciated. And as always, make sure you stay safe. Stay safe, quarantine yourself, and let's flatten the fucking curve. All right. Peace. Cool, man. Peace.